Tariyag Mitzvah Project, Day 2. And we're starting with Mitzvah number 5, and that is Mitzvah Shechita Sapezach. We're going to see there are quite a number of mitzvahs involved with the Korban Pesach. The first one is the Mitzvah to Shech the Korban Pesach on the afternoon of the 14th of Nisan. And what does one bring the Korban Pesach? It has to be a sheep or a goat, one year old, a zohar, a male, and it's meant to be brought in the Besamikdash, like all Korbanas. And like the Pasuk says, It's a mitzvah on all the Jewish people to shech the Korban Pesach in the afternoon, which means after Chatzos until the evening of the 14th of Nisan. The reason for the mitzvah, as you're going to see, is the reason for all the mitzvahs regarding the Korban Pesach. That way, the Jewish people can remember the tremendous miracles that Hashem did for them when He took them out of Mitzrayim. The Indian Mitzvah, the way to do the Mitzvah, is as we're going to see, people had to join into groups. Since the Pesach had to be entirely consumed, and it was too big for one person or even perhaps one family to do so, they would join into groups called Chaburahs, and each Chaburah would buy together a carbon, which would be either the sheep or the goat we mentioned before, and then a representative of the group would bring it to the base of Mikdash on the afternoon of the 14th of Nisan and shecht it, make sure the coin, that the other avoidus, the other procedures which are done in the base of Mikdash regarding the Zrika Saddam and burning the Emurim uh, on the Mizbech, and then he would take it back to his group where they would prepare for the next mitzvah, which is going to be eating the Korban Pesach. Right. Then we learn from the Pasuk, it says, Kahal Adas Yisrael, three different terms for the Jewish people. Then it was shechted in three different groups, which means the Jewish people were divided into three groups. Each one shechted their carbon Pesach in a separate time. And they would allow the first group in, they would close the doors of the Azara, they would shecht all the carbonists of the people in that group, and then those people would leave and they'd have the second group in, and so, so same for the third. The mitzvah of Korban Korban Pesach is Deich Shabbos, which means if Pesach would fall on Matzah Shabbos, so Erev Pesach would be on Shabbos afternoon, we would shech the Korban Pesach on Shabbos afternoon. The only difference would be, is the Mechlekes in the Mishnah, exactly what time in the afternoon they would start shech the Korban Pesach based on the other Korbanas which they had to bring on Shabbos. Same thing we learned from the Pasuk in the Novi, that when they would be bringing the Korban Pesach, they would sing Hallel. The Levim, whose job was to sing the Besamekdash, would sing the Hallel. The Koranim would blow on the Chatzotzres, on the trumpets. And that was the way that the Korban Pesach was brought. Who does it apply to? Obviously, it only applies when it's the Besamekdash and we can bring Korbanus. The penalty for not bringing a Korban Pesach, the past success, is Kores. It's the second of the two mitzvahs I say, which if a person doesn't do it, he's high of Kores. And that's if he didn't do it. If he didn't do it, so we don't find the penalty because even though normally the punishment for not for being over an Isser, which is a high of Koros Peshoigeg, is that a person has to bring a Korban Chatos, it only applies to a Mitzvah Lota, say, which a person made the mistake and didn't have very Peshoigeg. When it comes to not fulfilling a positive commandment, that doesn't apply. There's an argument in the Gemara where the ladies are chayev in bringing the Korban Pesach on the 14th of Nisan. The Chinuch and the Rambam pasconnect the opinion that a lady is chayev in Pesach Rishon and therefore she also has to be formed 
into a group or part of, as part of a group, and she's collectively chayev just like men in bringing the carbon pesach. Mitzvah vav, the sixth mitzvah, and that's a continuation of what we just spoke about, and that is the mitzvah of achilas pasar pesach, the mitzvah to eat the carbon pesach. And the mitzvah is to eat it on the night of the 15th of Nisan, that's the first night of Pesach. The Pasuk in the Torah says, There's a mitzvah to eat the meat of the carbon Pesach on the night of the 15th of Nisan, the night of Pesach. Like all mitzvahs of Achille, the shir that a person is to eat in order to make the mitzvah is a kazais. And if a person eats a kazais of the meat of the carbon Pesach, he's yotzeh his mitzvah. What's the reason for the mitzvah? The Shoshaya Mitzvah, what we said before about the Shechitza, is Kadai Lizkar Hanisim Magdoidim Sha'oslan Hakel Shatsyanam Avdus. To remember the big miracles Hashem did for us when He took us out of Avdus the that night of Pesach and He made us free. Specifically, the Pesach was a symbol then to put in the doors that Hashem would pass over the homes of the Jews and only kill the firstborns in the homes of the Egyptians. So He instructed every year to eat the Korban Pesach as well. Right. Now, what's unique about the eating of the Korban Pesach is that only people who are part of the group are allowed to eat the Korban Pesach. They're not allowed to invite outsiders into the Korban Pesach. It also has to be eaten everybody together as a group, which means members of the group can't take their part of the Pesach and eat it separately. The Gemara even goes as far as to say that if a person would fall asleep in the middle of eating Korban Pesach, he wouldn't be able to eat more when he woke up because in the state of being asleep, asleep he wasn't part of the group. The mitzvah applies, like we said before, both to men and to ladies. And this is the echo point of the carbon. As opposed to other carbonists, where the primary point of the carbon was the kapara, the atonement that it affected, and eating the meat was only a secondary. When it comes to korban pesach, the primary point of the korban pesach is to eat it. And the avodas the pesach only as a preparation for that. And therefore, it has to have people who are able to eat the korban pesach. Like we saw before, and we'll still see that there's an Isser in leaving over the meat of the Pesach, and therefore even though each individual is only instructed in eating a Kazais, but there have to be enough people that will be able to finish the meat of the Pesach. Obviously, if one wants to eat more than a Kazais, he's able to. As long as, as he's, not, he's not eating what's called a Chilagasa, which means eating after a person feels so full that he actually detests the food he's eating. We'll see also that even though this isn't a part of the Mitzvah Daraisa, but the way the mitzvah was done of eating the Korban Pesach, the Pasuk says, It was eaten together with matzah and maror. And there's a question if that means at the same meal or actually wrapped together, so to speak, as a sandwich. And that's why today, we, as a memory to this, we have the karyach, the sandwich. With, today we just have the matzah and the maror. But in the time of the English, that was how it was eaten together with the Korban Pesach. Right. There's a chilech rule which applies to this mitzvah and most other mitzvahs I say, and that is klal gadol b'chala Torah. Whoever it says that it's a mitzvah I say, Beistin can try and force him not to mevatel mitzvah I say. So if Beistin are aware of somebody who is not intending to mekayve mitzvah I say, they're allowed to use force to make him do it. So it's not a punishment for not fulfilling the mitzvah I say. It's more the Beistin entrusted with the ability to ensure that people mekayve the mitzvah they have to do. Now we come to the negative mitzvahs of the Korban Pesach, which means how it is not allowed to be eaten. Mitzvah Zayin, Shalalecha Pesach no Mubushal. A person is not allowed to eat the Korban Pesach, either no, which means not properly cooked, 
semikakt or mevushal means boiled. And we learn from the pasuk. The pasuk says al teichlu mimenu na. Don't eat the pesach parkokt or vashlu mevushal b'mayim or boiled in water. Kim tzliesh. It has to be roasted over a fire. So what na means is partially cooked. Even if the method of cooking was to roast it, if it's still not properly cooked, it's it's still partially raw. A person would be over the issue by eating it like that. In other words, we're not talking about something which is completely raw. We're talking about something which has begun to roast, but hasn't roasted completely. Right. And if a person were to eat the carbon Pesach completely raw, then you'll only be over the last part of the Pesach, which means the Pesach has to be eaten tzliesh. It has to be roasted over fire. And if he's eating it raw, it's not in the category of tzliesh. It's not, it hasn't been roasted. Right. Bashal, we said, is boiled, which means it's in a, in a liquid. The double lush and bashal mevushal teaches us it's not just water. It's any liquid that a person wants to boil the Pesach in, including the Gemara says its own juices. If a person put it in a pot as opposed to over a grate, and therefore it would soak in its own juices as, as part of its cooking process, you'd be over the iser of eating it. What's the reason for the mitzvah? We said before when it came to Shaft and the Korban Pesach, this is Yes Mitzrayim. So that's as far as the Korban Pesach. Why does it have to be specifically roasted? So he adds, well, The reason it has to be specifically roasted, That's the way of kings, of wealthy people, to roast their meat. That's the way of kings, of wealthy people, it gives us more flavor, it's a better food. Other people who are more restricted in their abilities, they're more limited, and therefore they have a little bit of meat, they're going to boil it. Why? Which is interesting. In other words, the Chinuch understands that if one boils something, it will satisfy more, it will go further. If one roasts it, even though it's more quality, but it will need a bigger quantity of meat. And therefore, part of the fact that we remember we came out of the slavery of Egypt was in order to become a nation of Kainim or a nation of princes. Therefore, we eat the Kavim Pesach in a way that kings or princes would. That's the one point. The second point he brings is also interesting a Chidush of the Chinuch. The Korban Pesach had to be eaten in, in haste, the Pasuk tells us, and he says that roasting something is a quick way of cooking it and waiting for it to stew in a pot, and therefore we have to remember that element also, that we ate the original Korban Pesach in a haste, and therefore we eat it sli, we eat it roasted, because that's a quicker way to cook it. The Mitzvah applies to everybody who is instructed to eat a Korban Pesach, both men and ladies, obviously only when there is a Korban Pesach. And if a person would eat a Korban Pesach, either semi-cooked or boiled, you'd get Marcus, because it's a mitzvah slota, say, which has an action. But the isser isn't on the boiling it. The isser is on cooking it when it hasn't been roasted. And therefore the person who eats it is the one who will get the Marcus. And now we come to a big mechlokas in Sheta, in, in concept, between the Rambam and the Ramban. And that is a pasuk like this, where the Torah says two different things in one pasuk. So there's one al, there's one instruction not to do in the Torah, but it refers to two different things. Do we count this as one mitzvah, or do we count this as two mitzvahs? So we see the opinion of the Rambam is that they both counted one 
as one mitzvah. This is therefore he only counts this as one of the mitzvahs of the Torah. The Ramban considers it to be two separate mitzvahs. In other words, even though the Torah only says the, the word do not do this once, but since it's referring to two completely separate things, therefore each one is allowed in its own right. And therefore, if a person was over and both, he would get two different malchus, two different sets of lashes. Right. And he gives a rule. And that is any time when the Torah includes two things with one lav, which are just examples of the same thing, then in that case, it's only one lav. It's just different examples of a lav. When the Torah includes two things which are very different in the same pasuk, then each one becomes a lav by itself. So, as an example of when we have two different things in one pasuk, where each one is its own lav, we have this pasuk over here, no umavushal, one is boiled, one is semi-rusted, they're two separate things, and if according to the Ramban, they're two lavim. Same thing, the Torah says you can't be makriv, you can't say sa'ar and dvash, which means yeast or honey on the mizbech. Yeast and honey are two different things, each one will be a lav in its own right. Or another example is when it talks about a nazir, and it says that a nazir cannot eat the grapes, skins, or the grapes, seeds. They're two separate lavim. And therefore, we cancel all those two. Now, as far as Malchus goes, the Ramban has another rule. And he says, whenever the Torah just gives two pratim, so as an example we said before, not to bring Sa'ar and Vash on the Mizbech, the Torah only says one lav. If a person did both, you only get one Malchus. But when the Torah says what's called the Lav Shibachlodus, it includes the rule and then gives the examples. So, for example, in our Pasuk, it says a person shouldn't eat the Korban Pesach semi-cooked, or boiled, except only tzliyesh, roasted in fire. Or by the nazir, where it says a person shouldn't eat the zagim, the seeds, or the skins of the grapes, or anything which comes from the grape. So when the Torah then goes to be koilel, includes everything into a principle, then the reason why it wrote the individual examples was to teach us that each one is punishable on its own. Now, the second thing we said, when the Torah says one lav and just gives two examples of the same thing, then it's only one lav. So, for example, the Torah says, by bukhar, any bukhar, any firstborn animal from your cattle or from your sheep. So there's no real difference. They're just examples of animals which a person has in his chayatigim bukhar from. And therefore, it's considered to be only one mitzvah. The chinuch is another interesting example of this principle of the Ramban. The pasuk which says, a person has to appoint shayptim and shaytrim, judges and policemen. So even though they're two different functions, but the idea is one idea. We have to set up a working judicial system, and therefore he says they're both part of only one chiyuf. Same thing, when the Torah talks about having honest scales and measurements, so it says there, a person has to have scales which are honest, stones weight which are honest, and measurements which are honest. All these things are just examples of one mitzvah, not two, and therefore he incorporates it all as one mitzvah. And therefore, this mitzvah not to eat the Korban Pesach, no, half-cooked or boiled, according to the Rambam, is all one mitzvah. And according to Ramban, these are two separate mitzvahs. Mitzvah ches, the eighth mitzvah, Shalai lahoisim ribsara Pesach, one not allowed to leave the meat of the Korban Pesach over the time was allowed to eat it. As the Pasuk says, ad boiker, was not allowed to leave the meat of the Korban Pesach until the morning. What's the reason for this? Says the Chinuch. The reason we commanded not to leave over from the meat of the Pesach. Like we said before, that if you meant to eat the Korban Pesach in a way that kings would eat, 
She'enam tzrichim lehoisir mitavshinam yem al yem. They don't have to leave from their food of today for tomorrow. They're wealthy. Every day they can afford to cook anew. Valkain amash im yosem imenu shisaref. Kedavashin chayvitz boy. Today's leftovers you're not going to eat tomorrow, and that's why by the common basis we want to show that same level of opulence of elegance, and therefore we we're not going to keep the common basis for another time. Kedayach malchay adam like kings would do. The time from slavery, so we became free, but we also zayichet to become like kings. Now, there's an argument in the Gemara. What's the last time to eat the korban pesach? Even though the pasuk over here says I'd boy care until the morning, there's a shita Rabbi Laz ben Azaria, and there's I can only eat the korban pesach until midnight, until chatzos. It's an argument in the Gemara, and. Uh, even though we try to be yoyed to both opinions, it's not clearly paskant which one the halacha is. And therefore today, when we have the afikoman as the reminder of the Korban Pesach, we meant to try to eat it before Chatzos, to be yoyed to the opinion that the Korban Pesach also had to be eaten before Chatzos. When the Hegas for the Shachom of the Kavis, it applies to both the men and ladies, we have is allowed to eat the Korban Pesach. And if a person would be over this lab and leave Korban Pesach over until the morning, even though he's been over in the later, I say he doesn't get Malkus. And the reason for this is, the Gemara gives two reasons. The first one is because it's a love sha'en by mice, so there's no action involved in not eating the common Pesach, so you can't punish him with Malkus. The second one is, the Torah gave uh, a way to remedy what was done wrong. And the Torah says, if it was left over till the morning, then we should burn it in fire. And therefore, we call love and say, when the Torah gives you the way to remedy the mistake, we don't have to punish him with Malkus as well. It's interesting that the Chinuch here only brings the second reason, even though both of them would apply. Mitzvah test, the ninth mitzvah, is the mitzvah hashpasas chomets. The mitzvah says, to destroy the chomets, the Pasuk says, Ach b'yamarishan tashpishu sha'ar mibotechem. On the first day you have to destroy all leaven from your houses. And the Gemara understands that Rishon means the day before Pesach, not on Pesach itself. The Gemara has three ways to learn it. Either because one's not allowed to have Pesach already, I'm sorry, already on Erev Pesach when he brings the Korban Pesach. Or the word Ach, the Yemarishan, Ach means half, partial of the day. So there's a day when part of the day was not allowed to have Chomets, which is obviously before Pesach. Because in Pesach itself, Chomets is also from the very beginning. Or because we meant to burn the Chomets and was not allowed to burn on Pesach, which is Yom Tov, things which aren't for the sake of cooking them. And therefore, we learn that the mitzvah of destroying Chomets applies already on Erev Pesach from the middle of the day, Midaraisa. What's the reason for this? So the Chinuch says, the Sharish the mitzvah, You must remember the Nisim Mitzrayim, just like with the Pesach, same thing, not having Chomets will remind us of the excellence from Mitzrayim. Now I can explain more when you get to the mitzvah of eating matzah. Now, there are a number of interesting halachas which apply to this. The first one is, even though the mitzvah deraisa is to destroy Pesach on the afternoon of the era of Pesach, Rabbanan added time before that, one has to already destroy Pesach from the beginning of the fifth hour of the day, which means an hour before Chatzos, as a, a guard to prevent people being over the deraisa. How is a person meant to destroy the Chomets as a machlok? one has to dafka burn it, or one can use any means at his disposal, can disperse it in the wind or in the water, which is what Chom hold and how we paskin. Also, a person has to actively look for Chomets to destroy, and therefore there's a din of Bedeka looking for Chomets, and the Gemara says that the Bedeka has to be done the night beforehand, because that's when a person can see with a candle 
and he has, is at home, he has time to check. And then in the daytime, where he wouldn't be able to see properly in his house, or he'll be too busy, and he won't do a proper vidika. Same thing, if a person is going to leave his home before Pesach, so then within 30 days of Pesach, he's already mechuyev to check Muhammad's then. Or if he's intending to come back to his home on Pesach, and he's planning to leave a long time before, he has to make sure there's no chomets to greet him on his arrival. If the day before Pesach falls on Shabbos, so obviously we can't destroy the chomets on Shabbos, in which case we have to destroy the chomets on Erev Shabbos. And whatever chomets is leaving for Shabbos, we we'll have to make sure to eat, so there's nothing left of chomets when the afternoon of Erev Pesach comes around. Besides for that, there's a mitzvah to battle the chomets, which means those, that chomets which he hasn't found and didn't destroy, and might still be in his rishos, and therefore he's mechuyev to get rid of that. He's mechuyev to battle, which means render it ownerless, in which case it's no longer considered his, and therefore he's no longer chayev on having it within his house or within his domain. But whether that is with the Raisa or in Midrabonin is a discussion between the Rishonim. Who does it apply to? It applies both to men and to women, uh, because they're both mechuyev and the Lotas has the negative ones of the Torah, and therefore they're both mechuyev to destroy chomets that they have, and they're both mechuyev to look for chomets and any place where Chomets might be, in order to make sure that they don't have Chomets within their possession. What we did today is in the night of the 14th, we look for the Chomets. On the morning of the 14th, before the 5th hour, we destroy the Chomets, and then we declare that any Chomets we still have, and we haven't taken care of, should be bottled, should be onerous, so we will not be over on the Isser of having Chomets. If a person is over and doesn't destroy his Chomets, he's been battled the Mitzvah Saseh. And, as we're going to see, there's a Mitzvah Saseh say as well, and having Chomets in your house. Right, but there's no malchus for this, like there's because it's uh, no maisa in leaving the chametz in one's possession and not destroying it.